Welcome back to the Sex and Censorship podcast. The news lately hasn't been good for either free speech or sexual freedom. There's been the case of Count Dankula, a YouTuber who's um, facing a prison sentence for making a joke. I'll I'll come on to that in a bit. Um, In the US, the SESTA law has been passed, which is supposedly um, a, a law to prevent sex trafficking. Anyone who's been following this issue will know that sex trafficking is usually used as a euphemism for prostitution and it isn't about trafficking at all. Um, and actually the, the SESTA law has had a catastrophic effect on the rights of sex workers in the US. Um, sex worker listing sites have been closed down and even dating sites have had to close down because they might be used um, by prostitutes to to um, advertise work. Um, so this is, is pretty bad. It's bad for um, sex workers in America in particular, uh, but it will also have implications in the UK in the coming months. Um, I'll return to that soon. Um, the UK porn blocks have been deferred. They were supposed to roll out in April and they're now going to roll out later in the year. This isn't a sign, though, that the authorities are relenting. Um, in fact, it's uh, a pretty bad sign probably um, that the the extent of the the censorship system that's being rolled out is simply proving um, hard work for the ISPs to implement and so I believe they've asked for more time. So the fact that there's a delay isn't necessarily good, it just shows how bad it's going to be when it actually comes into play. Now I think we should stop talking about porn blocks at all and recognize this for what it is. The UK is implementing a general purpose system of internet censorship and porn is simply the beta test. And it's been frustrating um, that the media is obsessing about porn blocks. Um, And it's also been frustrating that the campaign against censorship has to an extent been hijacked by people in the fetish scene who are trying to make it all about um, their sexual tastes, which are important, um, but fail to understand that this is a threat to free speech in general and goes far beyond their right to watch spanking videos. Um, So the word needs to be spread more effectively um, and to help do that I've launched a Patreon appeal to help fund the creation of new content. You can find this at patreon.com slash jerrybarnett or if you go to the Porn Panic Twitter account you can find the link there too and literally even a dollar a month will make a difference and help fund new content. to defend free speech and to oppose um, sexual repression. And now to the main story. Last week, a YouTuber known as Count Dankula appeared in a Scottish court and was found guilty of being grossly offensive. His crime was to publish a video of his girlfriend's pet pug doing a Nazi salute in response to phrases like Sieg Heil and Brace Yourself, Gas the Jews. Before I continue, I'm going to mention at this point that I'm Jewish and that members of my family died in the Holocaust. I don't think the Holocaust was funny. Let me also say that I think the idea of a pug doing Nazi salutes in response to anti-Semitic language is quite funny. Not Not just despite being distasteful, but because it's distasteful. Years back when I heard about a comedy movie being made about the Holocaust, I was a bit outraged. If Facebook had existed at the time, I might have let myself get worked up into a righteous frenzy. But the film, La Vita è Bella, or Life is Beautiful, was brilliant and it was funny. So to anyone who says you can't joke about the Holocaust, let me tell you, you're wrong. Not only can you joke about the Holocaust, but Holocaust jokes can be funny. I constantly feel the need to remind people of this when discussing free speech. Watch my lips. Words are not actions. Speech is not violence. Offence is not injury. 
All censorship rests on confusing this point and persuading people that words are dangerous. So offensive jokes can be funny. Censorship isn't funny, though. Censorship is an attack on the community's ability to deal with offensiveness and hatred. Does anyone seriously think that Jewish people are made safer by locking up people like Count Dankula? Hatred against Jews is indeed rising, and it's not just focused on the fascist right anymore. The favourite myth about Jews is that we have great power. All anti-Semites are gullible fuckwits who tend to believe anything that might appear on a blog, and now here's a Scottish judge helping confirm what they already believe, that somehow Jews are privileged people with magic powers who secretly run the world and receive special treatment. Predictably, the verdict was followed by a spike in online anti-Semitism, which has already become more acceptable than at any point since the 1940s. A rabbi who gave evidence against Count Dankula came in for a torrent of abuse from online wankers after the verdict. I have every sympathy for Jews and other minorities that found the video distasteful and who might find the current climate uncomfortable. I do in many ways. I disagree with the rabbi though that this should be classified as a hate crime. If censorship isn't funny, then censorship of comedy is even less funny. Comedy is, isn't only about light fun. It's an outlet for pain and it's a way of dealing with difficult issues. The trickier the subject, the funnier the comedy can be, at least in the hands of a skilled comedian. As far as I know, Count Dankula isn't a great comedian, and quite possibly his video, video wasn't that funny. The censorship of comedy is arguably more dangerous than the censorship of political speech. Political activists can adapt their language and get around rules of political correctness. If you ban mockery of Jews, then anti-Semites just substitute new words for Jew. They talk about the Zionist bankers, or the Rothschilds, or George Soros, or the Illuminati. We know what they mean, but they can claim innocence. Politically correct language policing doesn't stop racist troublemakers doing their thing. They don't need to use bad words. They know how to use dog whistle politics. So they talk about being swamped, or immigrants committing crime. They stay within the rules of political correctness, and they're more dangerous as a result. So political correctness isn't about defending minorities or about being nice. It's a tool of bullying. It makes people think that they have the right to tell other people to shut up, and mostly it's a tool that's wielded by the middle classes against working class people. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems the more PC people are, the less diverse their own social circle tends to be. The most painfully PC people I've met will have the most narrow middle class monocultural circle of friends. I always wonder with these people, how the fuck do you live in a city like London and maintain a social circle like this? Censorship of the most human aspects of culture, including comedy and including sex, is a signal that society has gotten itself into a really dark place. You couldn't find a better proxy measure of fascism than the fact that comedy or sex are being censored. But the government and the judicial system are only a small part of the problem. The mob is more dangerous than the government, and the mob has been shutting down offensive comedy for years now. It was a PC backlash to a joke about six years ago that made me take a step back and have a look at my old tribe, the political left. The joke was by the comedian uh, Richard Herring, who's pretty funny and can be slightly edgy, but he's certainly not at the offensive end of the comedy scale. In a newspaper column, he wrote about a put-down he'd used on a female heckler. He had said, quote, You're a bit talkative, aren't you? You're loquacious. It's annoying. You're the one woman in the world where a man would put rehypnol in your drink and then leave you in the pub. So we know what he's insinuating, right? It's a joke about rape. Well, in fact, it's a joke about not raping someone. It's also a great pit put down, and it deserved a laugh. What 
Herring hadn't bargained for was that a bunch of sour-faced wankers would take to Twitter and start whining that you can't joke about rape. But yes, you can joke about rape, just like you can joke about the Holocaust. It may not be funny, but then no one will want to hear your jokes anyway. But it's worth reflecting on the sudden nature of this change in society. Until about six years ago, most of the whiny people that found everything offensive were old Tory voting, Daily Mail readers or Catholic bishops. Comedians like Richard Herring had no problem with offending people like that. It was positively cool to, to wind those people up. Herring hadn't bargained for the backlash because six years ago, society still exhibited some kind of sense of humour and feminists had only just learned how to scream at people on Twitter. He was taken aback by the anger, and he made the mistake of trying to point out that his feminist friends didn't mind the joke, which just led to more people shouting at him about mansplaining or, or whatever. It wasn't an accident that the backlash was a feminist one. The combination of neo-feminism and social media created a, a huge new movement of social conservatives in which suddenly everything became offensive and censorship suddenly became okay among young politically correct types. And it became normal to start for the mob to start howling people down on social media. And that was the start of the bandwagon against free speech. The comedian Dapper Laughs suddenly became the center of a hate campaign about four years ago when he was filmed, again, putting down a heckler with a rape joke. His joke was crude and herrings and not that funny really, but, and this is important, he was in a private comedy club, not broadcasting to the world. It's also important to remember that Dapper Laughs is a laddish character, not He's, he's a character created by a comedian, not the comedians himself. He's, he's, a, a, he's a, almost a caricature of a lad. And someone recorded him um, um, on their phone and an out of context 10 second video clip appeared online and everyone lost their shit about it. Um, and then the social media witch hunt began and Dapper Laughs lost his TV job. He lost, got his tour cancelled, the works over a 10-second clip recorded in a comedy club. And people I knew, feminist friends, who had never heard of him, never even seen his show, were denouncing him as a, quote, vile apologist for rape culture, and basically creating a witch hunt over a bad heckle in a comedy club. 30 years ago, we radicals of the left fought for free speech against a conservative right-wing establishment that tried to impose Christian values on people. In the early 1980s, a new phenomenon called alternative comedy started in London pubs and clubs. It was comedy by young people for young people who were sick of the bland establishment-approved bilge that we had to put up with on TV and radio. There was swearing and they talked about sex and homosexuality and they took the piss out of racists. And stuffy old Tories got offended and called for it to be banned and we laughed at them because they were silly old bastards. And we stood up against hateful behaviour because hatred is for wankers. But then in the 90s, what was left of the left got taken over by uptight middle-class academic types. And they were keen on banning hate speech. But their view on what constituted hate speech was pretty broad and, it got, and it's got broader ever since. And these people, the inventors of political correctness, they didn't get it. They didn't get that you can't silence comedy, you can't silence humour. When communities are divided, you work to unite them. You reach across the lines and you get people to talk to each other. Shouting racist abuse is now seen as beyond the pale, but I think this misses the point. When you have two angry communities that dislike and misunderstand each other, shouting abuse at each other is the first step in communicating. It may not be pretty, but it's a, it's a step to something better. If you shut that down, you close down the chance to bridge the gap. This isn't to say that teaching not pugs to do Nazi salutes is helpful 
in any way towards community relations, but sending people to prison for doing so is certainly not helpful. The only people that benefit from this are the far right who see the verdict as a recruiting tool. When there's a community divide about the worst thing you can do is tell one side to shut up while patting the other side on the head and saying, oh, was the white man saying mean words to you? There, there, we'll stop in doing that again. It's bullying and it's racist and it's patronizing all at the same time. Political correctness has run its course. It started out as a, a movement against hate and it's become a, a, a movement for state bullying. And it's becoming more dangerous to, to democracy than the bigotry it once set out to oppose. Count Dankula may or may not be an offensive twat, but what he did shouldn't be a crime. Free Count Dankula.